Welcome to Highland Football Weekly with Ian Ald. Episode 16 this week sees us speak to a guy who I've been extremely keen to get onto the podcast since starting in February. A guy who's a legend in Scottish football, a well-known name in Scottish football, and a guy that uh, I was very lucky to work alongside whilst at Inverness, Cali Thistle. A real pleasure to work alongside. I've lost count of the amount of times he had me and the rest of my colleagues whilst at Inverness, Cali Thistle, laughing. He uh, he can light up any room. He's a character, put it that way. And we've got him on the podcast to speak about his two and a half years at Inverness, Cali Thistle. An incredible two and a half years the Scottish Cup win right up there with one of his biggest achievements whilst managing Inverness Cali Thistle. But he also got the club to third in the table that season, took them into Europe, took them also to a League Cup final the year before that and had them playing an incredible brand of attacking free-flowing football as well. It was an honour to catch up with him once again over Zoom the other day. He talks so enthusiastically about football, about Inverness, Cali Thistle, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one. So sit back and enjoy episode 16 with John Yogi Hughes. Delighted to welcome on to the podcast someone who I've got fond memories of, someone who used to call me a a jumbo bastard pretty much every day or if he didn't call me a jumbo bastard he told me to go and take my face for a shite it's uh it's john yogi hughes john good to see you uh, great to see you i hope you're keeping well i am i am how's how's lockdown for yourself as i mentioned to you earlier you were a you were a viral sensation uh, online there was a clip emerged of yourself out cycling uh, to go and visit your your daughter's dog how's lockdown for you Well, it's funny you mention that because I'm trying to get uh, Scott Scott on to the the podcast, and and actually this is the second podcast in a row he's been he's been mentioned. Uh, last week's podcast, he was Robbie Williamson spoke about how he tried to sign him when he was standing in a queue in a chip shop. Um, so in the second podcast, <laughs> and this is the second podcast he's mentioned. So I'm uh, I'm assuming you will um, we'll hear from Kel very shortly. Yeah, what's about the garden? Uh, is it Dobie's up there? The garden, the garden centre in Inverness. Uh, there's Dobie's or Simpsons. Dobie's. That's where you get them on a Sunday morning. That's where it goes for the school fry up. The same pictures. 
since pizza has has been full fried up and all that stuff he's some boy he is some boy <laughs> Yogi again thanks for your time this morning uh, we're going to talk about your your two and a half two just over two and a half years at Cali Thistle but an incredible two and a half years at, at Cali Thistle uh, we've had a couple of your former players on to the podcast who've spoken about some fantastic games um, obviously we'll, we'll touch on them as we go through your arrival at Cali Thistle you joined Cali Thistle late November 2013 I remember it so well because I'd actually started at the club myself only about two weeks before um, talk to us about your you joining Cali Thistle why Cali Thistle what stood out and what attracted you what happened in even when I was a coach at Falkirk and all that stuff, we were always, if there was games on up at Cali Fissel or Rose County, me and Brian Rice, there was no clans we would just take off because we were always wanting to watch games, see what was going on. So always knew the location, had a good report. Uh, I'd just uh, come up for Hartlepool, so I was out of work. Uh, but you're still doing, even now, even now I'm out of work, I'm still picking, I've already got my team picked for the next team I go, the players I want to sign. So you were aware of the players that were in at Inverness in terms of doing your due diligence. And when the chance come, obviously Terry moved on to Hibs, I met uh, Willie Finlayson and Kenny Cameron, uh, the chairman come down to Edinburgh, went for an interview. I just sat down and started talking away and then 45 minutes to an hour later I said right you want to get started he says we've done that's the interview it's done and it was just basically all football very very easy to get on with you know just talking football what I do what, what I expect of the players how I run my club my values all that stuff um, he says we'll be in touch two days later he phoned me up there was someone else in for a job and I think he was trying to maybe put the two years together, manager or two joint managers. And I've done that before we own Coyle with Falker. So it wouldn't have been a problem, but I want, I'm my own man. And eventually he just says, no, I've made the decision, the chairman, uh, the job's yours if you want it. So I'd already done my due diligence. I knew the players were in there. So going in there, I, I went in there, I just said, right, and I've, Probably remind me on this, when I went in, I think they were sitting fourth in the league. I think Terry had them well up that league in the SPL. Yeah, they had a, they had a very so, good very good start that season. Right, so it was a case of, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And that's going to be the style of the play as well. If I was going to change the style of the play, it would just wee bits and pieces. And all I did, I can remember all I did for the first couple of weeks was just assessment of the players, assessment of the players. And one of the assessments was actually Ryan Christie because he was still with the kids and I says to Scott Kelleher I says to Kells Kells let me see the kids training what he's seeing because he was saying the book one or two and then when I went in to watch the session Kells' session was really good he's a top class coach Kells he knows the game a real top class coach the reason I'm saying that yeah, he's got the personality the boys bounce off him yep. uh, and instantly I see Ryan Christie and I says, says Ryan, I say that's Charlie's boy says so the next again he was in the first team and he was never back so that was the assessment but also I've seen as well I've seen the report that uh, Kells Scott Keller had with the, with the local guys like Shea Colworth Nick Ross Richie Ford who was a captain at the time all these guys um, 
they really, you could see it was like a magnet to them. Being, being a coach, being a bit of banter and all that. So, although I've done that assessment and done Ryan Christie as well, I'm looking at Kells because he was a kid when he was, I was at Celtic when I was here. Yep. And I'm saying to myself, you want to know something? You've got a right good rapport with it, with the players. I've seen the coaching. So I had a dilemma because Duncan's different class, Duncan Shearer. Duncan was a great lad, a real mm-hmm. top, top boy. Uh, but I had that dilemma for the, for the dynamics and the chemistry. And I just says, right, I've got to change it over. I've got to bring Kells with me and Russell. And Duncan can take the kids. And you see it because he was never at the dressing room. And the thing about it, he would go in the dressing room and laugh at himself and the players, the spirit, and you would be sitting in your office and it'd be pandemonium and the spirit. And it'd be coming and say, what's this? He's, oh, hey, my game stick. So that was it. But that's no taking away how quality a coach he is, honestly, and how organised he's very articulate. Uh, and if you say, this is what I want to do, can you set up a passing drill? We've come up with it. So that was the first things that we did. And then, as I say, no too much, just keep it going. Uh, and then I was aware that, well, you're going to have to hit the ground running, sitting fourth. And I'm not too sure, I think we finished in the top six, like, top six that year. You did but then we played... Then we played to come up against your team in the semi-final of the League Cup. <laughs> listen, I, listen, I, uh, I, I, uh, no, Peter, um, actually, Peter Paul got a, I've, I've always, uh, I always laugh at it. Peter Paul took a, a brilliant picture and it was me at Easter Road and obviously I had the, the, you know, the club tie on and stuff like that. And I was genuinely sell because I knew just, I mean, this, that team, Deserved uh, a cup final. They were just a, a brilliant, brilliant bunch of lads. Really tight knit. That, that semi final, we spoke to Nick Ross a few weeks ago, who who got the goal, and he said that when you pulled him off the bench and said, "Right, you were you were throwing him on with three minutes to go," and you just said to him, "Go and score us a goal." But leading up to that, obviously, is a very it was a crazy semi final. Cali Thistle were down to nine men. You know, when you see Gary Warren and and Josh Meekins get sent off, having pretty much dominated the game. Hearts get back into it. Were you were you disappointed at the way it was going? Um, obviously, before Nick Ross scored that. I got a phone call for John Bean the next again day to apologise for the sending off, which was okay because we we had won eventually. Mm-hmm. But at the time you're going, you felt hard done by, and there was a tackle in the first ten minutes. The wee boy is at Livingston now. I forget his name. He used to be at Hearts, and it was right in front of the dugout. It was a sending off. And the fourth official bottled it, absolutely bottled it. The boy Stephen Finney, every time I see him now, I keep reminding him, and he plays the stupid laddie, no hard, funny enough for him. But what do you mean? It was a sending off. But because it was in the first five minutes, oh oh, and he just gave him a yellow card. Uh, but yeah, we were down and out. But the spirit, Ian, when I went in there, the spirit, as I say, everything, uh, and Richie had a big part to play in that in the way he captained the team and running the dressing room and the boys were all you would go to the, uh, the shopping mall or into that and the other boys would be inside having my coffee all of them still and that's the secret anytime I do stuff with football if you play for Hibs Hearts Celtic Rangers you guarantee after the Celtic finish training after the boys will be away back in Edinburgh or Glasgow or the surrounding areas vice versa if you play for Hibs all the boys will be away back to uh, a few play for Celtic, back to Edinburgh, back to Glasgow, yep. Inverness. 
everybody stayed in Inverness, so there was a real togetherness, a real togetherness, and a touched on that. So going into that game, yeah, yeah, you, you think they're beat. There was two minutes to go. They were holding the ball in the corner, but they never stayed high attitude and the spirit to get it and score the goal. You take it in an injury time, and once we've got an injury time, you're saying to yourself, let's just keep it solid, keep it uh, tight. See that, and we can nick one. We can nick one, and he won it on penalties. Absolutely outstanding! What a performance! And the boys, you know, they were heroes here. But you feel when you look back at that, you feel like for Big Gary Warren, who was a stalwart for me. You know, he just absolutely gemmed me, boy. He, I think he missed every cup final. He did because he missed the Scottish Cup final. You know, and he wore his hat on his sleeve. And so you look back and you go, ah, what a great night, being, me being a heavy at Easter Road, beating Harps, down and out, 10 men, and even I can remember it, Drake's uh, penalty, Drake's just run up and just reversed a wee slow ball in the bottom corner, I'm just like, oh, but it was a sure night, a sure night, and a fantastic scenes after it, uh, behind the goals and the fans celebrating, and away we go to our League Cup final, so... Absolutely great, and that was in that first season. Mm-hmm. And what it did as well as a coach and a manager, it gave you the confidence to sort of just start drip feeding. As that season went on, your wee bits and pieces, your tactical work, your coaching stuff, your philosophy, um, and that was great. Saying that the League Cup final wasn't great. We were playing that, but we played that at Parkhead. Yeah. Um, and Aberdeen, no, no, but to get beat on penalties, and trust me, we practiced and practiced and practiced. Um, no, but we should never have been there in the first place because and you should never be beating Aberdeen. No, with the budget they've got, twice the size, but it just shows you every now and then there's a coming together where a siege mentality, which we had at Inverness, a character, a mindset, uh, a drive to succeed. It just takes you where you want to go. And unfortunately, we've just come up short in the, in the League Cup final. I was a wee bit disappointed. We never played as well as we could. Uh, but to get beat on penalties, it's, it's harsh. And I felt for the boys. But now, back, looking back at it here, we're probably looking at that. And that Cup final probably stood us in good stead for the next game year. In the Cup final. Yeah, I always, I always feel that the the League Cup final was almost like a dress rehearsal. You know, it was almost like everyone kind of learned their lesson the the following year. I want, I want to talk to you about the early months at, at, when you were at Cali Thistle. You mentioned Ryan Christie coming through, which I know you added Greg Tanzi in the window. Greg Tanzi rejoined the club, but Ryan Christie was almost like a new signing for you as well. Are you su- well, you're probably not surprised because you, you spotted his talent early on. Are you delighted to see him performing? I mean, he's one of the best players in Scotland at the moment. Yeah, it's only going to get better again. But there was a wee, there's just a wee bit of me. You, you take a little bit of pride and you play a small part uh, uh, in what he's doing now. As soon as we heard, my mate John Collins was at Celtic. He was the assistant manager there, uh, Ronnie. And I was in to John. So John, this is, trust me, trust me. I knew uh, Ryan was a Celtic man with Charlie. Yeah. But all the credit must go to Charlie in terms of he must have you know, in terms of his technique. And the thing about Ryan Christie is everybody around to make up a team you need all kind of different type of players. But he was technically very, very good. 
and he always took the ball on the half turn. Never so when we're going that way and they come at him, he was always he'd never take it and come back out. But we're that you. And I can remember a goal that we scored, we passed it, we're playing Aberdeen at Inverness and we popped it, popped it, popped it, got fired at the Ryan, he took on a half turn, just fired it right through a mile story. He was on the shoulder and and it was in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. It was either Aberdeen or Celtic. But that kind of stuff and you're saying brilliant and you still and I was into John Collins John says we're watching him we're watching him we're watching him when we first brought him in everybody said oh he needs to get stronger needs to get stronger you'll get stronger training in the first team with the way we train and the intensity in which we train because we train very very hard very very hard Mm -hmm. and you could see him if we were doing a lot of running on a Tuesday but usually it is uh, you could see him as the weeks and the months went past, he was getting up the park until he was out in the front. That's him getting physically stronger. And he's got a nasty streak about him, which is good. Not a bad nasty streak, but a streak where he can look after himself. And to be fair to the other boys, when they come training with the first team, they just they took him under his wing, they loved him. And he, he become a big part of the, the first team dressing room. You couldn't keep him out. All credit to Ryan, you know what he did see when he was in the first team? You know, he still changed along beside the kids and all his mates or the young boys who's come through it. Yep. That just tells you how humble a boy he is. And when you're humble like that and you can keep your feet firmly on the ground, then everything's in front of you. And when I see him, uh, I take great delight when I see what he can do and, uh, for Celtic. Absolutely fantastic. And Scotland, now a full international. But the other one you mentioned there as well was is Tansy. We weren't a far shot, even in my interview process, when we were going through the players with the chairman and all that, I knew the positions and who they were, and I always felt we were one shot. That quarterback, you know, that one that could take it in between the two centre-halves, take the ball, comfortable on the ball, could keep it, but could also get a suit and hit all ranges of passes, mm-hmm. uh, over the top, switches in play. And I always knew Tansy would be the last time he was at Inverness, I can remember him, and we were at Falkirk. Yep. So when I got that, and Parkett were after him. As soon as they come up to talk to us, easy signed as his right and says, what is, no, no, I'll take care of myself, take care of my own accommodation. Because he's been used to the place, Aye. and away he went. Of course. And that was just, that was basically the final piece in the jigsaw. One of your other additions as well, because you you mentioned him. I think he came in. I think he came in just after the Hearts semi final. But he, I know he was key for yourself, uh, Russell Latipi, someone who you worked with before at Falkirk and, and Hibs. Uh, talk to us about Russell Latipi because I know that a lot of the players at the time were just in awe of the man. I mean, he was still partaking in trading and Russell stuff like that. Was, you know, Russell was absolutely different class. Russell's best thing is you could be sitting. Watching the game, looking at stuff, and Russell would see it like that. And he'd be in your ear saying, You better watch us, he's causing so you need to change it for 10 minutes. It was brilliant and all that stuff. When he went on the coaching pitch, he always wanted to join in, and you know, all his skills in the nutmegs, I'm saying, No, Russell, that's their job. You need to coach him, you need to coach him. But it was absolutely fantastic. It was great for me because I show my emotions sometimes and a bit, you know, let it out. Russell's cute. Trinidad and Tobago, manana time. Eh, manana, calm down, calm down, calm down. But also, yeah, his personality uh, was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and it's only now that some of the, when you look by and hear some of the stories, you know, uh, Russell, 
St Andrews, eh? So we went down to play Birmingham uh, and they beat us 2-0 but we were a better team we were a better football team mm-hmm. and all the directors were doing they were on the jolly off having a few drinks which they were entitled to and we were down there right after the game Lee Clark was a manager of Birmingham and he says the boy Christie I want to buy, buy the boy Christie passes now I says, no, I says uh, there's a few clubs sniffing about him he says, give me a price, see if you can find my price. Anyway, we were very good. We were coming back in the airport, sitting in the airport. And the, Kenny's, the chairman, Kenny Cameron, you could see uh, someone was born him. So eventually we sort of got him, got sat him down, got him in. He said, what's the matter with you, chairman? He says, all oh, the directors. He says, they've had a wee one too many and all that. I said, no, he said, what's the matter? What's the matter with that? He said, nah. He says, eh, we were nothing. This tippy-tappy football. That's what tippy tappy football, we've not got to win nothing. <laughs> but what we did, Scottish Cup final and I think further in Europe, so it just shows you, you know, you need to know what you're watching. We don't just pass it for the sake of passing it, we pass it to move the opposition, so mm-hmm. when someone comes and gets it, it's like Piggy in the middle, you come and get it, then we've got to play a Rungy, then we're going to go in the space that you've left, and if you don't come and get it, we're provincial club in Burness, we, we don't, we're not going to keep the ball off you, you do so they used all that as well and the boys just in that whole pre-season that's when all the coaching really started this is what I'm after this not that's no acceptable not not and then the standard and which they trained the intensity and the standard and the big thing as well the game knowledge that they were taking in and understanding the game awareness the tactical awareness 
Oak, Oak Fairness to them. They were clever, clever boys. He got it. Aaron Dorange. Aaron got it very, very quick. Uh, and there's three ways of learning. It's either visual on the tactics or on the pitch. And I think the way Aaron, Aaron got it was, he's not, he's not a great tackler, uh, Aaron, you know, he's, he's a, but you used to say, Aaron, if you're playing against a big right, right back, Aaron, it's, you're getting a ball and just whacking you, whacking you, whacking you, and he's getting the better at you. And you're going, to, you're going to stick to the task. But see if you walk away in here, and the boy that's in here moves and you're in there, he comes with your stays. Me being a coach, I guarantee you he'll stay because if he's coming away in there, he's coming out of position. Now you're in there, you're free. You get the ball, you can run it. Aaron, clever. That'll do me right in there. And then Paul Worth was good at it. Ryan Christie was good yeah. at it. And then we could just get the ball in a bit. Ah, it was good. It was good. And the one I felt with, I mentioned Gary Warren. The other one, Richie. For Richie on the dressing room, there was a great spirit. Everybody out and all that stuff. And a laugh. And you were going there and all the things. They were coming on a Friday and it was uh, best, worst dressed. So they were all worst dressed, but if you were the best, you were the worst. It was you, it was getting, you know, you're putting them in and all that stuff in the banner. And you never, you never, that's what a football club's all about. Aye. And that was Richie and all that running that. So it was great. And then Richie done his shoulder, didn't he? Yeah. He sprung his shoulder. And then eventually, I think the next again, year he done his knee and was rehabbing, 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 and could never get back to it. And for a guy like Richard, what he's gave to the club, another one that never got the chances, you know, to get the Scottish Cup and all that. Yeah. You feel for them. Yeah. You, you really do feel for them. But fantastic. And that was it. So that was it. That was in pre-season. Yeah, see that season? I only beat Celtic first game of the season. Well, I was, well, was going to say... When you say you hit the ground running, you were unbeaten the first five games of the season. You didn't concede a goal. You won four, you drew one. One was against Dundee, a midweek game, midweek, but you beat Celtic. When you say they're the pre-season work, you must, as a coach, to go into the first game of the first games of the season, go and beat and beat Celtic, you must have been so proud and you must have started to see the progress because also what what, what surprised me as well when I look back, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Lewis Horner was your only signing that summer I know you kind of signed as the season went on, but in terms of that summer, so you must have been quite content with the squad, but also as a coach, you must have been um, satisfied to see the side start the season so well, knowing that they've taken all your work in. Yeah, and that, that, that was it. As a, as a, as a coach, Ian, and I say this to the supporters, and I say this, more than disappointment, and this is probably the supporters right through Scotland, and it, I'm not disrespect. I don't know if them when the supporters actually knew what they were watching at times. You know, some of the stuff, some of the people, ah, I know this, you're passing across centre half, centre half, centre half, centre half. Get the ball out of the park. I'm down. You're passing it there for them to come. As soon as they come, we're in. And it was all, it was like American football. It was all done on the training pitch. As soon as we could get it, they committed and they were a little bit disorganised. As soon as we could get it, into the more advanced players you know like your Ryan Christie's your Dorans your Marley Watkins and all these guys you could get into there and either be a centre half Josh Meekins Gary Wall or Drake's coming back and take it take my half off the Drake's that wasn't his game but by Christy T adapt and adjust and get on with it and you know they never really hang out with 
some was just doing that. I should have used to do like a left winger. Yeah. So you're actually saying to Torrens, he's right, leave it for him. So Torrens was quite, ha- quite happy to walk into the field and give us that number overload. And all we needed to do was stop him and get it in there and away we went. Uh, and it was fantastic. And seeing it all coming together, didn't it work all the time? But seeing it coming together, then you evolve that you evolve that you keep evolving it. How do we move this forward? What do we do? What we look for? Uh, and it was really enjoyable. And that was it. And everyone, we didn't win every week, but everyone got a wee taste of that football. I can remember we made St. Johnston for five up there and some real, real good performances. Real good performances. With a bit of, with a bit of spirit and, and if you want, to, you want to go two and two, there was some of the boys were the shrinking violets. Come on then, like drapes and all. You want it for Josh and Gary Warren. You want to mix it, we'll mix it. You want to play, we'll play. And that's what we're instilled in them. That siege mentality, that a real mental toughness. And I can always remember saying, it's like everything else. You go in and you see clubs getting success somewhere else. You go in and you're sitting saying, how do they get it? When I went in there, I, all my experiences as a coach and a manager and a player, I said, have to tell you, boys, what we are doing at Inverness, like, we are doing it better than clubs have been at. All we need to do is do it better and quicker, better and quicker, which is a repetition, repetition, repetition. Don't be the one that's breaking down everything on the ball. What we are doing, as soon as you grasp that, I said, it'll get you success, you're off and running. They're stimulated, you've got them off and running. And all the coaches, Russell played his part. Russell was different class. You would just walk through them and you see Russell having a word with one of the players. You say, what's that, Russell? Having a word for Russell, just gene them up, well done, Saturday, good, all, all right. that stuff. And they were different. The way we trained here, was that was the secret. I think we trained better at times than we did play on a Saturday, honestly. You mm-hmm. could watch your seven aside, eight aside, and you could stand like Nick Ross. What the footballer Nick Ross was? Absolutely fantastic. You would stand and you would applaud some of the stuff that you've seen on the training pitch. You had conditioned it for low head tight to touch, so you couldn't just kick it. So everybody had to pass and move. So the whole lot of them were passing and moving. Passive movement, passive movement. So you had some of this stuff, you went, wow, brilliant. So you knew. And then you just needed to steady the shirt and guide the shirt, make sure that. They were standing shoulder to shoulder with them. It's funny you say there that the players took on. Well, the players obviously bought into your 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 methods and your and your style of football. It's funny. I was I was thinking about it last night, and but as a club, I had to buy into your methods as well. And it's funny because I remember, you know, maybe a a few disagreements with yourself and and Tommy about the length of the grass. And I remember at the time going, well, it makes sense if the grass is really short then, you know, the, the ball moves faster. And I remember you were insisting on the, the, the grass being wet and God rest his soul, I remember poor Matty. Calithus will now have sprinkler, a sprinkler system that they just... They, Matty, Matty was, what a guy they, he was, but but he was helping out Tommy and... Oh, he was one of the lads. He was one of the lads. He was one of the lads and, you know, Matty had the ball. There must have been a game cancelled, so they went up the boardroom for the drive watching and for some unknown reason, there was a ball in the director's... That's right. That's right. I remember. I remember, I remember watching them. It was. Um, I used to say to my. I used to say to my every Monday morning. Good weekend, my. 
As I said, you started that season so well and it just seemed to get better. That that Celtic win earlier in the campaign, you, Billy Mackay scored a goal 1-0 at home. That was a sign of things to come because as the season progressed, Cali Thistle beat Celtic and many people will say that felt like their cup final in the semi-final at Hamden. Five years ago, we I think it was on, I think the, the the club or maybe the SFA put the game on live recently. The whole the full um, 120 minutes of it because that was a, a an epic game, a game that had pretty much everything. Talk to us about your memories of of that game. That was I can remember I can remember going into the game uh, at Celtic and sort of saying right. Went, I watched him a couple of times. I was trying to pick John Collins' brains, but I wasn't getting nothing. He, he, was, he knew what I was up to. He was getting nothing. So I went and watched him, and I took a mate of mine, a boy called Neil Oliver, that I played with at uh, Falkirk. Mm-hmm. We went and watched Celtic against Kilmarnock, so we were sitting down watching the game, and we were in the, in the directors watching the game, and I was taking my notes, and I, after half an hour, I just put the book away. She said, what is it? I said, I think I've got it. She said, what do you mean? I said, I think I, I, I know what I've got to play. And he said, well, you've got to enlighten me. I said, I'm going to attack him. I said, I'm going to press him high, I'm going to attack him. I said, Van Dyke and Denier, they don't get them started. The goalie has to kick it. I said, look at the centre forward. I think it was Griffiths and it might have been the boy who's doing it, the lefty, the Norwegian boy who's doing it full of them. But, so I said, my centre half so head it, so we got it. So when we went back in, I sort of yeah, get the game plan. We also had uh, we also do a match report, although I'm doing that. We've got a match report, we bring it all together, then you start your preparation for the game. And the whole preparation for the game, as I can remember it, a wee bit uh, a pool big Edward Ethereum and in just for a wee bit of a wind up big Edward. And I says, Did you see today's paper? No. I said, Where's that paper? Nothing, nothing there. So where's that paper? Where's the paper? I see that boy, the centre half known Van Van Dyke, the other one Danaya. Mm-hmm. I see he's in the paper, see he loves you in his pocket and all that. Well, big Edward took the date. She's that ah, right? We'll see. We'll see. This is a week leading up to the game. So as soon as we went out, I turned around. Kel started laughing, whistled like that. So get the next one and give me Marley. Get Marley in. Marley. So Marley comes in and I says to Marley, I say, by the way, I says you could win us this match. What do you mean? I says, you can win us a match. I said, if you do the job that I'm asking you to do. I says, you're the fittest player I've ever worked with, Marley. Repeatedly running. See, pre-season, Marley used to run backwards, wait on them all. <laughs> repeatedly, repeatedly. He was one of the big reasons we beat uh, Hearts that night, the nine men. 
because Marley was doing two jobs. Mm-hmm. He was that fit. And I said, this is a job. You get inside the shot, say, Van Dyke. He doesn't get it. He doesn't play. You mess him about. You knock him on his backside. You give him a bloody nose if you can. You make sure Marley says, Marley could handle that. Marley's six feet two. And as I say, you know, so that was it. And then everyone else. So when the goalie had to kick it, we headed it. And then what happened is the winners come in narrow. They would press as well, but as soon as they could, they would come in narrow, centre half, stupid. So we had numbers. It was like a pitch within a pitch. So when we, then we got to the centre ball and wanted to play. And if you look at the first 20 minutes of the game, we were a better team. We were a better team. But everyone else here, you need a bit of luck. By the Christ, we didn't have to get it. Eh? Oh, aye. We, Aye, with Josh Meekins. Aye. Because um, I'm certainly, I don't think it was just one of these things that, you know, say anything happens, it's a reaction. But we got away with it. We got away with it. Uh, thankfully. And then you're sort of saying to yourself, yeah, but it's Glasgow Celtic you're playing against. The best team in the country. And then, as I say, we we're, were good, scored some good goals. And I can always remember the when Craig Gordon got sent off. Everybody had saw that. If you looked at when we played, every time a team took a corner against us, and we left three players up the pitch because mm-hmm. we wanted to come our attack team, and it never always worked for us. It never always worked. And that day it worked to treat him, and finally got away. Mm-hmm. They just going to catch him. He just, he's got the grass in front of him, and he's off and he's running. And you're saying, "Oh God, man, you're looking for him to score a goal." And his last touch, he just overrun it a bit, but. Marley being an athlete he was, he got to it before Gordon took him down penalty and then it's all pandemonium. Gordon sent off the game stopped for about five minutes. We're penalty. Tanti's got the ball, they're all trying to put Tanti off. You're looking because you're tactically looking what they're going to do, what they've got to do. You take Forrest off and I think I don't know who it was was it I go to come on and Forrest come off. Mm-hmm. It was Forrest. And then Kansas scores the penalty. But as I say, it's certain you're saying yourself, you never, it's never over. But you don't want to be playing an Inverness team when you're down to 10 men. Because that's what instilled in them. Keep that ball, move it, move it, move it, move it, move it, move it, something out, something out. And we had good legs in the team. Mm-hmm. The final goal, if you see the final goal, one of my left backs is up there crossing it, and the other right back, my other full back, the right back is tracking it in, in the back post. Get in there. Well, that's what I've, I've written in my notes here. It's a great goal. You look at the, I mean, you look at the, the two fullbacks combined. I mean, Graham Shinney, uh, well, he plays the one-two down the left, and it's a, a nice wee touch, and he, he he does ever so well to cut inside the box. And then there's David Raven at right back. I mean, you know, and, and what, um, and, and most managers and most circumstances, if you're two each with Celtic, an extra time towards the end, you might be gambling for penalties. But no, your team, your, your two fullbacks were the highest up the pitch. I says to them in the group on the extra time, I says, get them right in. But foot, if you've got, this is your best chance you're ever going to have to get to a cup final and beat Celtic. You need to believe in it. You need to trust in each other. But that trust was there and you're just re-emphasising the point how good a team they were, how good a team they were. But the thing about it, we worked on it, and that was all the work done in the pre-season. Mm-hmm. So the two fullbacks scoring, one in the midfield, they're sitting protecting the centre half. And what happened is the two fullbacks, well, you couldn't keep shining. You couldn't rein him in. He was just constant. So they two went, the winners come in 
played in midfield and it was like Pansy or Draper or the two midfielders just kept the back door shut. So if they did break on us, they would probably think Tansy or Draper had to play fullback. But what we did in the pre-season was sometimes we played them in that position anyway just to get them used to it. So it was all, and that was all coming to fruition. It was absolutely fantastic. Absolutely different class. And once again, to see the fans, you know, we're celebrating. And I'm not patronising here, and absolutely brilliant. You know, that's what, that's what. And it's a provincial club on the lowest budget in the Premier League, right? Doing what we're doing, punching well above our weight. And yet, yeah, everybody. It's a story there. It's definitely a story there. Uh, so that was absolutely fantastic. I really am. And I was just, just delighted for all the boys beating Celtic. But then, yeah, what happened is we're waiting on... It was the next one was uh, we get Falker. So we went for the underdog mm-hmm. to the favourite. Yep. But I know it was on the back burner and I thought he says this, right, let's go sit back and rest on our laurels. Make sure we still get the sleep done. We sleep done because there was a massive thing in the dressing room. A massive thing in the dressing room with Kels. Right? <laughs> you know what Kels is? Kels is, he's got a European spot. I know what's coming. I'll take the training. I'll take the training in a man kidney. And that's what kept the boys done. The boys were like that ah, every week. See when we went on a Saturday, they would come in, oh, we're getting closer. And we were winding it up and counting that. And you can see as the weeks gone by and we're winning, Kelsey's gone like that. Jeez. So, and to be fair to him, <laughs> when the time came and we got that spot, he done it. He come in with a big, big gun in the man. It wasn't a great sight, by the way. And I've still got photos now. Oh, could not, couldn't move. <laughs> and I think somebody sent him in the... Uh, Soccer, yeah. Aye, that's right, that's right. Chamberlain, she actually says, what a sight. <laughs> Kel's taking, he's got his trainers on taking the session. And that was just a bit of fun. And the thing about that was, we jumped in the car to take, we, we left him. So he jumped in the, he jumped in the minibus with the first team boys. But he realised, being fair, obviously for Vanessa, they've, they've gone through the city centre. And he's went like that, whoa, whoa, hold it here in the new. Something's up here. So it's gone about 20 miles an hour. The van, I'm in the car behind it, Ian, going to, and I see the van, and I'm, me and me, Chuck, or me and Russell, me and Russell, Howard, and they've sent door open to the van, and it's gone about 20, 15 miles an hour. And he jumps it, and he's got a wee fast run. Well, oh, and he's hit me, let me in the car, I kept going, and eventually I run back. And the kids when they left and they jumped in beside the kids. But that was a that was a, that was a laugh. I've still got every every time I never answered this phone, I just bring that photo through. <laughs> uh, and you couldn't buy that. You couldn't buy the, the laugh and the fun and the way he integrated with the boys. You had them eating at his hand, they loved them. They loved them. So and that was it. So as you say, we got that European spot, then it was the cup final we looked forward to against yep. the whole club. So there, yep. was, there was mixed emotions here, but totally focused on doing the job. Even my daughter, my oldest daughter, says that now. She says, um, you knew you were going to win that cup final, eh? It's just the way things as the week builds up. 
you know, the wee things that you sort of see that we that sort of manifest itself, wee bits and pieces and all that. And to be fair to the chairman, because the League Cup final was disappointing him because all we did was we stayed up at Inverness and then we, we turned up in the Cup final. So and, and it, was, this, it, was, it took the shine off it a little bit. So I said, right, this is not happening this time. And to be fair to the boys, everybody, see when I tell John Collins or that, who's an ultimate professional, I jump about with, I say, Celtic, I say, you've got chefs and chefs on your bus, mate, and you. I say, you know what the boys at Inverness did? We were on the bus at nine o'clock in the morning. I said, nine o'clock in the next day. I said, nine o'clock in the morning, playing away from home, doing, as you say, doing south, get the pre-match meal, go and play the game, and back up the road. I said, maybe this overnight stay and getting all your food for that dump-ups. He said, the boys were lying there when they're sleeping bags and all sleeping. I said, that's the way they just... But what we did, we made that party, that's us. Yep. We even do that and they can beat you in that siege mentality. So I can remember the Scottish Cup final going into that. So I said to the chairman, I said, I'd rather train and get away for two or three days. We tried to get a training pitch in uh, Livingston, let us train on their pitch. Yep. So we stayed in the uh, in, uh, hotel opposite the Edinburgh Airport. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Everything was designed. The preparation was great. And I only had one position to make. Was it Aaron Dorans or Danny Williams? The team was picked. I was waiting on David Raven. David Raven was carrying an injury. Yeah, that's right, because he missed it. Yeah. Right up to the last minute, David. Right up to the last minute. Uh, and almost like Gary Warren. So we did have to make changes, but... Shinning. And then David Raven, I said, I'll tell you what I'll do, David, I'll put you on the bench. I said, right, fine. And then I can remember the uh, the night before the game, David came up and said, listen, total professional that he is. Listen, that, that's not right. I'm taking up, I'm no fit, I'm taking up, um, somebody else will take the spot on the bench. So that was it. So, going into the game, ready to go, knew what we were doing, total control of the first half, got the goal, and it worked. Because for some unknown reason, I'm no, I just knew Doris, you know, he gets at people and he's got that wee, and it was him and that wee Maisie running just to be topo crew, Marley's running like a, like a flash, and before you know it, it's in the back of the net. And that was the other thing about that. See some of the guys like Danny Williams and, uh, and all these guys, Nick Ross and that, they, they, were, they played a great part. They weren't always in the first team, which hurt you, that's the hardest job as a manager. Mm-hmm. But they deserve to be in the first team. They were fantastic boys, fantastic. And one or two more others that I probably forgot about. Well, James, uh, James Vincent, the man who comes off the bench. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yep. We're cruising. And I see it the second half. And Falkirk started the second half better, better. And we stopped passing it for some unknown reason. And then they get their goal for equaliser. Then Carlo gets sent off. And I'm just going, oh, here we go. But there was, there was a calmness. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you another funny story. We went and make a substitute, and Kerns does all the, all the substitute stuff and this and all that, or set pieces and right. Because when you make a substitute, you have to say, right, what's his job when he goes on? I turned around and there's no Kerns, right? And the story goes, in the morning in the cup final, he's decided to take two laxatives, saying, right, that's it, I'll get to hand in, I'll be all right, and I'll push me and all that. But they've only kicked in with 15 minutes to go when we're looking to make the substitute of 20 minutes to go and I took a room and he's in the toilet. 
And I'm gonna kill him, I'm gonna kill him. Honestly, eventually it comes true. And all the boys were all the boys on the bench, man, they were howling, howling. And she's like, come on, let's get this and she we need to get it to extra time. But initially we took I forget where we took on, but James Vincent went on second striker because I just felt the two strikers were staying up. One of them has to drop in and help the midfield. So she's changed striker, second striker, but more into midfield and get that back in there and we start winning that game, we take it for there. Carlo got sent off, James has to James has to go to right back. And then how it popped up there. He's right back, mate. It's not as if he's coming for midfield. Yep. Oh, he's coming for right back. Saying that, and always says to James, Oh, you could read what Marley could do. Because nobody else could read Marley. <laughs> I says, Honestly. And, I, and nature were basically mates. Yep. Marley and James. Yep. I says, How? And he says, And when Marley hits it, and the goalie saved it, and you still see James just get in there and get a, a hero. I say that to him. And that was a big thing because uh, I always had a soft spot for James. And you shouldn't, as a manager, but for, it was one of the aim that he gave you everything he got and he always picked up injuries. And don't forget, James could have went to Hibs. When Terry went to Hibs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. James could have went to Hibs and he stayed at Inverness. And that to me showed you the. Dedicated to the club and the cause he was. Yep. And you, you need to reward that. But if his injury would get fit, he would get injured, he'd get fit. But it all worked out in the end to get the winner in a Scottish Cup final. Brilliant. I see that to him. I see James, you'll live on that for years, son. That will never be forgotten. You'll live on that for years. Well, Vinny's back at the back at the club now, and and rightly so. Um, every time the the come the day comes round, the thirtieth of May, he's, he's celebrated. Talk to us, John, about um, because we've had. We've had Nick Ross, we've had Carl Tremarco himself, who talks very fondly about that, that uh, or very funnily, sorry, about that sending off, because he was, um, well, he was shitting himself, put it that way. Um, Ross Draper, we've had Ross on, and they've all talked about the celebrations afterwards. They said that you were the, you were the conductor-in-chief on the way back up the road, oh, those celebrations. I'm not a drinker, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not a drinker, in terms of, and what happened, first and foremost, you, didn't, you never had to worry about Carlo. Carlo was always a 7, 8, 10, and another one because Shinny played there uh, on that left side. Probably never got as much game time as he needed. And I've sort of never looked back and seen Shinny go to Aberdeen and playing in midfield. And maybe I should have played Shinny in midfield a wee bit. But I liked him as a left back because he was rampaging. And that made me stop Carlo's bit. Nah, there's no. It worked to the end. What happened was. There was right in after the game, the, the dressing room or I jumped on about, and there was a drug test. I don't know who got drug tested, but it was a drug test, you know, it had to go. So before you know it, we're still at hand and two years later. So one bottle of beer goes to two bottles of beer, goes to three bottles of beer. We get on the bus, and Richie's got the biggest cargo the bottles of beer that you've seen. Right on the table, come up, whoa, I said, oh, Jesus Christ. So before you know it, all the boys are in there and we're halfway up, high jinks. We need to stop in the toilet, we're stopping. And it was all, yo, yo, yeah, yeah, Toro, come on, that's yeah, yeah. You know, up the head, nine, inside, you know, stopping for a leak. And all, yo, yo, and that's where we celebrated, all. we stopped in it there for a couple of drinks in there. Uh, but every, every 20 minutes, you need to stop for the toilet, stop for the toilet. So the time we got up and 
the next thing, the amount of all the shenanigans started and, you know, the club tie and rhythm getting up before we got and all that stuff. But eventually we got there. And even to get there to see the, the reception that the club put on up the stair, it was great. But the chairman was probably right in this. The chairman, I wanted to bring it back to Inverness, but the chairman says, and he was right, he says, you know when they all come back, he says, I'll be up the stair in the club for another, and they'll take off up the two as young guys do it. And he was right. Uh, and that was a wee bit disappointment. But as I say, a few drinks too much. So now I get to next one. was far away. Up and did not bust the bus. was rocking, rocking. And then the next again day, yeah. When you wake up the next again day, it goes down. The club once again, fantastic. Come down, all the players, wives, family, get your breakfast, and then get on the open top bus, and then eventually finish in the park. I don't know, you know the name of the park. The, the meeting park. Uh, and, uh, and, and the council and everybody, they done the, done the club around, you know, it was great, it was great. And someone, um, and you look at, to be an all top boss, winning it, uh, and with a bunch of boys, with a bunch of boys, you're saying to yourself, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And that next again day, because my family come up, that was it, that was it, you ought to see, you I was drunk, you ought to see me stay Because you had them. Because you had half a Leith. Did you know have a, a, a couple of buses leaving from from Leith coming at the game as well? Aye, aye. So they were all on it as well. So, uh, and thankfully my mate, um, he, 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 he drove a minibus, he brought them all up. So they were on the bus and even now, even when we wanted to go. And I can remember saying to the players, so what do take it in. This might never happen again. Just watch it with me. Take it in. Enjoy every minute. And spend it with your family. And that's when I went over and got the girls, brought them in the pits, let them enjoy it. Too much for them. Even now, when I play the video and the two of them are in tears, I'm on play every now and then, give them stick. Overwhelmed, I see that. Okay, okay. But the next thing you did, that, that would never that would never lead you. Never lead you. And I thought it was good, a wee bit of music and all that stuff. I thought it was really good. Really good. And then, believe it or not, yeah, it's done. And you're away, to, you're, you're away, you're away to your road, you're away walking about where, you know, thinking your best things in sliced bread. But the most important thing, the Scottish Cup was, you, you'll never beat that. But the first spot here in Europe, yep. to get us in Europe, that was massive. That, 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 was, that was to do it through the bread and butter. You know, and as I say, for the first time in the club's history in Europe, uh, absolutely fantastic because the reason I mentioned that is that's one of the memories that will stick with me when we played Asher in Romania yep we're always worried about uh, uh, who's coming the fans or uh, the fans they took over they took over the main street doing what they want mm-hmm. but remember when we played they were all pegged in yep let me cage the tickets were like here and they were behind us in the dugout and they were all on their feet in an atmosphere and you're just looking at them and you're just going absolute well done as I say a provincial club away in the highlands that always gets the wrong end of the stick you know all that stuff and yet they're over there enjoying it having a time in their lives and we gave them a game at Ashton we, yep. we gave them a game 
Ein Jacket gegeben, der Mann, der after der Game, Typical Scots football used passes, keep ball passes, he's like, thanks very much. And that was it. So that, that was absolutely fantastic. It was really, really was. Um, that was one of my fond memories at taking uh, Inverness into Europe. So it was great. But what happened was when the success, when you start getting success here, players, we bully was the first to go. We bully, we bully went to Wigan. Yep. He was the first to go. And the players are starting to do well. And then before you know it, you're losing Marley, Shane, uh, Ryan away to Celtic. And you're sort of saying to yourself, how can we replace that? You know, uh, it did open the door for Collie. You know, Ryan was in there and it did open the door. And he should have got more game time. But it was good uh, competition for places. It was no getting away from that. You know, you're up against Ryan Christie and these guys and Marlin, so you have to go And Bolly Mackay. I can remember some a pressman at my time at Inverness, somebody says, You worried about Bolly's no score goal? No. Bolly Mackay was just a natural goal scorer, fighting it, fighting it. Because you could see him do it every day in training. When I first went in there for the first two months, I didn't know if Bolly was left footed and right footed, left or right footed. He's funny, honestly, and his movement. And you didn't coach Bully, you just came shooting. You didn't coach him, you know him. We did all the work and created the chances and Bully's movement were put in the back of the net. Uh, and that was it all coming together, that Scottish Cup, that in Europe. And then you sort of start seeing the demise of players looming. Right, so if they're travelling their wages and got to play for Celtic and Dublin and Triplin, I'm not going to stand in their way. Yep. Uh, and that was it. And that was it. That, that was a little bit sad. You could see it. You're still trying to fight it. You're still trying to bring players to the club, dot and die, and all that, like, all that stuff. And then was it the next, the next year after that? The next, I we uh, started the season and the injuries that we had. Gary Warren broke his leg the first game of the season. Josh yep. Weekins. Same game, was it not? Same game. Here. I Dorrance picked up that knee and had to get and you're saying to yourself, Wow and everybody's saying, I think we finished six that year, but everyone and we were losing all the players and all that stuff and you're chatting. There's a lot going on and you're saying to yourself, mm, right, okay, and we probably took this as far as we can. Then that's when they go into negotiations with the chairman and the secretary and say, This is my plan, this is what I want to do, can we do this, can we do that? I don't know the figures here. I've never been into figures. I can tell you something right now as a coach and a manager over all the years I've been at, I've spent 250 grand okay. and I've brought in about, and that's all I've spent. Uh, I think you go out and you dump the dives, you know where they are, you know, when I was at Falkirk, Michael and Tim Crew, all these guys. Uh, and, and that's what I was doing. I was dumping and diving, I was talking to agents, I was trying to get them up, and it was all, and over the years, as I say, I've always worked on the budget, but I could probably, hence a bet, that that year, or the time at Inverness, I probably, that's probably the only time I've made money. Most clubs use, lose money hand over fist. But if you look at it further in the league, I think it was about 75 grand a position. Scottish Cup final, League Cup final, all that stuff you're saying to yourself, so... And then when you're trying to, when all the players are moving, your injuries, you're trying to keep it going, you're trying to keep the standard up there. Uh, 
and you're working on a real shoestring and the budget wasn't going to be what it was, you're, so, you're a wee bit easier. Maybe I took it as far as I can, is it? And that was it. And then one or two things went a wee bit, me and the, me and the chairman stopped communicating a wee bit because of the budget, wee bits like that, which is because Kenny was a great lad, he was a great chairman, mm -hmm. he was a good chairman, very supportive. Uh, and a, a player's chairman, right in it with the boys. Uh, and you're suiting yourself and then if I put my plans really to it at the end Richie had been there you know never really played with it he was wasn't going to get back but was still part of the playing budget and all that stuff and then you know so sort of says right what we've got to do with Richie David Raven I fancy Josh Meekins to play the right back role mm -hmm. and the reason I'm saying this is because I couldn't keep David Raven and Josh Kings and bring in a left centre half. I wanted a left centre half. Yep. A natural lefty that could play with Gary Warren. That's big when you're passing the ball, lefty and righties. I was chasing the boy Peter Hartlett's now at Motherwell. He was my captain during the Hartlett group. You know, could pass it, a good competitor, a good boy in the dressing room. So I'm sort of saying, hey, if I get Hartlett and put it there, somebody has to go, and it was David. David was a, one of the best professionals that worked with. He was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So you're putting the plans to the, the, the chairman and the board, he's taking it up, and eventually they, they sort of come back and say, no, we want it, this is the way we want it, they go and sell it. You know, we never really fell out, it's sure. The chairman, uh, we could have communicated better, and then eventually I said, oh, well, it's, it's your club, I've had a great time, I've had a blast. You know, and I really enjoyed, I'm not just saying this, I really enjoyed the lifestyle up there. I stayed in the market or I've been doing the rose market. Yep. You know, so I'm a cyclist, you know, that was perfect for me, cycling in, cycling home, cycling in, cycling home. Wasn't at times where we were also trying try to run me off the road, <laughs> go flying past it, something like that, you know, like, take the house on the bike, I'll kill you. You know, because he's eventually got to stay with me. Uh, but absolutely fantastic, great way of life. And it's like all good things come to an end, yeah. And that was that and I just felt right, okay then, it's, uh, it's time to go and it hurt me. You know that but all credit to the boys, we kept digging in right to the end. I let them all know I was leaving, we dug in right to the end. Uh, and I, I think we got in the top six that year on the injuries. I think I think it now, it, won, it might have been one of the strange seasons. I need to double check. I think that you finished. You were bottom six, but you were top of the bottom six. But I think you had more points than than the teams so that were. Aye, uh, it was kind of one of the strange ones. That the players that we were losing, you're yep. saying to yourself, that's no bad. That, that's no bad. Uh, but as I say, honest enough to tell you, I had a great time up there. Met some absolutely wonderful people. Real people. Yourself included, Ian. Albeit a jambo. <laughs> uh, Laughed and laughed and laughed for the minute we went in. And I'm not just talking about the players. I'm Aye. just talking about the girls in the office. Christy. Christy on the front. You couldn't have got Christy. As soon as I come in, Christy just used to start laughing. I'm, what have I done? She says, you just make me laugh. Right to all the girls and all that. Through the office. Uh, who's that down the wages? Evelyn and Maver. Everyone and me, I used to go out and like, what do you want? And the next, right, this, this, how does that work? Am I sure? I've been played here. And uh, you just sometimes used to go in for the wind up and the crack, but everyone and me, what you're up to, 
really enjoyed it. And credit to them, the, uh, everybody at the club, we always try to keep moving it forward, moving it forward. Uh, and it hurts me, it, trust me, it hurts me to see them in the first division. Mm-hmm. I hope that uh, the reconstruction, they get that chance to get back up because uh, it's a great club, a, a really good club. Um, and it's a growing city. It's a growing city. So, so great, great times. Met some great players. Still keep in touch with them all the time. What's going yep. on? Shane, Ryan, all the boys, all that stuff. But Gary Warren, he, he, Mikey was doing there, like the club I was at, he, he was on, give me that, give me that pre-season. Can you send me that pre-season? So it was great. It was great. Um, and as you say, manager of the year, that was the need. I go up and pick it up. It was, I get it. It was everybody connected at the club. Right for Jimmy. We Jimmy used to, used to go in and line Jimmy up and all that. Jimmy Faulkner. Right for, as you see, we, my, Tommy, Jimmy, right through the physios, right through to the Kenny. So for Kenny right at the top, right to the, you know, the kit man. We Jack. We Jack used to do, can we turn up now? One of the pubs up in the tunes who used to call in Jack Shushanak and all that stuff. It was just fun and made it really, really enjoyable. Really enjoyable. Uh, and you miss it. But what happened, that was it. We should, but there was another part of it as well. Yeah, my wife, uh, the twins, uh, were 14, 15. And my wife's parents, both of them were in the care home. Yep. One was in one corridor and another in another corridor. Two of them suffering at the same time with dementia. Yeah. And she's in there looking after doing all the school. She sees. And one thing I did, and you can ask anybody this, we would come down and play Tincastle. Right? I would be on the team bus going back up to Inverness. My job was up in Inverness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every now and then, I had to let the players know I'm no, you know, part time. I'm the use. Yeah. I'm the use. I'm going up to Inverness and all that. I'm getting back up. But it was, uh, it was great, and that's what I've done. So that was really starting to take a strain on the missus. So eventually, we bit, she would never step in my way, never. Yep. She, she never sort of says, but I say that, listen. But all the things that we sort of stop, we stop communicating, we bits and pieces, and I just sort of says, listen, if you're telling me you want to resign indirectly, you need to trust me, that's my expertise. And I keep saying that, you know, if, you know, if we were all, if football worked on that, Stephen Gerrard would still be playing at Liverpool, Frank Lampard and all these guys would all still be playing at Chelsea, John Terry. It has to evolve and move on. Yeah, yeah. It has to. And sometimes the tough decisions are not the easy decisions. Mm-hmm. But say if they're the right decisions for the club, then they have to be made. And I'm good at I do that because I think that's the right decision for the club. And that was that. So I just went, I tend to go, come back, get the kids, see them. And I promised them when I come back, I'll come back for a couple of years. That's me for a couple of years, come back a couple of years, see the kids getting up, help you with your man, dad, uh, and all that stuff. In two years, I've just been sitting on my back, enjoying myself, enjoying life. Well, I was going to ask you because. Um... Uh, I think it was I think it was Ross uh, Draper and Carl Tremarco that I was speaking to before obviously lockdown happened it was a, a kind of face to face chat I had with them and both of them were just kind of like why is, why is John Hughes not in the game and I think that's something that 
Um, it's puzzling a lot. I, I, I listened to Simon Ferry's podcast. He had Ryan, Ryan Stevenson on, who you who you had at Wraith, and he said the pretty much exact same thing as well. You're obviously, you know, like you say, you've got other commitments in terms of family, but will we see John Hughes back in, in some capacity in, in football again? I'm desperate. Desperate, Ian. I, I, uh, I've been trying to get in. I got close to one abroad a couple of months ago, a real good one. That would have done me great. Uh, you know, I see that at St Johnston ones up, that's a great club, well-run club, would suit me, uh, so I'll be sort of maybe looking at that. I had a look at one or two others, but you're right, for someone who no reason, uh, you feel that somebody's standing on your back here, mm-hmm. many times, the job, especially when you see the CV, I've said that, I'm no, I work with any manager here, any manager that's managed the old firm, need to beat my CV. And the reason I'm saying that because you go and manage your own firm, you get success in that. But if you look at the CV, right from way back, uh, right from my way back to Challenge Cups, taking uh, Falkirk into Europe mm-hmm. for the first time in their history, yep. Scottish Cup final, two yep. League Cup semi finals with Falkirk. And when we got in the SPL, I've kept him there for five consecutive seasons. See, I've left. You know, I've never been back in the SPL. Yeah, that's you know right. I, mean? yeah. yep. I left to got relegated. I think they made the, the wrong move. I think they gave the, the job to Eddie May. Eddie May was never ready for management. And, and then it, it sort of went like that and they've never they've never recovered. So from there they won't be moving on. And even when you look at uh Harperpool, I went into Harperpool, Harperpool had eight points through twenty games. You know I just about kept kept them in the league. Mm-hmm. And if you look at a percentage, my one percentage, I think that, that was the, the ratio we were doing for the start of the, the season, we would have finished just above mid-table doing it at Hartley Pool. And that was a tough gig, Ian. That was, that was a real tough, tough gig. But once again, everything's an experience. So, and then even Hibs, my dream job, going to Hibs. Hibs, I've got, I, I got a raw deal at Hibs. Mm-hmm. You know, Rod's, Rod Petrie, everybody at their own. And Rod Petrie's a very hard man to work with. And the reason I'm saying that, just look at the managers previous to me and after me you know Frank Sosie 69 days John Collins uh, a year Terry Butcher 6 months John Hughes a year yeah. you know what I mean Colin Calder and you sort of say to yourself well can we all be bad managers mm-hmm. no everybody say well you well, hold it in now once again bread and butter leak which is the toughest leak Rangers Celtic in the league, no when Rangers were doing the divisions, fourth in Europe. And the Hibs between Nishi, Riordan and Stokes, they scored 52 goals. Hibs team last year as a team, they scored 51. Jeez. Must have been doing something right. Yeah, Must yeah. have been doing something right. But once again, I'm, uh, I don't mind that if you get, don't, if someone's going to hurt me and you say, no, we can't do that, just be straight. See, it's all the way football works and it's nothing and diving and before you know it, you get left carrying the can. That's no nice. That's no nice. And it's your head that's on the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing in football. Uh, I see uh, there's not much accountability. The only accountability most of the time is the manager and the coaches. You know, you need to look up above there, but there all that stuff. And I'll say this. What I need is... If, I, if there was a director or a chairman out there at New Football, 
real football, how football's played, get you on it, and pass it and do it, and all that stuff. Then I'm his guy, I'm his guy, because that's my philosophy, that's my style of play. I can talk about that. You've got guys listening and say, oh, man, I've just told you what I've done. League Cup, semi-final, Scottish Cups, and even the Scottish Cup with Rangers are way back. Rangers beat us 1-0. Go and watch it. Yeah, yeah. There's only one football team. We mm-hmm. popped him off the park. We popped him off the park. Once again, folk a provincial club. Lowest budget in the league. How do you... You know why? Because you need a coach it. You need to coach it and you need to get your ideas over. And once again, you bring players to the club that understand what you're doing. And that's where I got lucky at Inverness, to be fair. Because these boys had the, the intelligence, the game awareness, uh, the intellect to take it on. Didn't have to tell them too many times. Didn't have to tell So, cut along, desperate to get back in the game. I think that's... Uh, as I say, I've had my time, I've had my sabbatical, I've had my time. Uh, the kids now are up 18. Hard enough. <laughs> can't they get back in the football? Can't they get back in the football? I'm a player's manager. I keep them I'm in there. I'll laugh at myself, I'll laugh with them. And there's plenty of banter. But within that banter, there's an education. And that's the thing about a coach. Anybody can go, you can go and put something aside to you, you can go and organise it, coach it. Can you educate? And that's all, to be fair, in Nick Ross and Trades, these guys saying that, you know, I, you know, I educated them, I enlightened them, I opened up the broadened their horizons to say, this is what will happen, trust me, this, if you do this, this is what will happen, and you can see them all coming off the pitch and you're gone. Told you, I'll say this to everybody up in Inverness. Fantastic place to, to live, great people, uh, and I just wish them all the best. Always still get along every now and then, you know, when they're just doing a goal and watching. Uh, and I just hope, you know, we, John Robbo's doing a great job, uh, and I just hope that, you know, if the league gets reconstructed, they get back in the SPL because they deserve to be there. Yeah, I like those uh, uh, sentiments, John, and also um, we hope to see you back in the game at some point. It's been a pleasure speaking to you this afternoon and, and talking about your um, your time at Cali Thistle. As I said, I worked with you for, for I was there for about four years. Most of it was, was with yourself and, you know, many, many happy memories. It's funny you mentioned cycling there because my everlasting image of you was um, cycling from your office. Now, your office, to explain to folk, you go through the main doors at Cali Thistle, you go through the double doors, take a right along the, the home dressing room corridor, you're office was at the end of that and you used to cycle from your office to Fortros and it used to be from your office to Fortros so you used to cycle along the corridors through yeah. the double doors through reception yeah. and everyone just you to open the doors for you you know yeah because I didn't trust them the players still one of my wheels because it's a quick release wheels and I always tell you story see when I cycle along the corridor open the doors and cycle down if the chairman see if the chairman show it on me you just leave your, you leave your bike at that and go in. I used to always take my bike in his office. He used to say, what are you doing with your bike in here? And I knew it. I pissed him off. What are you doing? I said, just have it. I take it wherever I go. I didn't want to do that. Every time when I was cycling out and he shut, come on, I need to see you for fun. I used to take the bike in. So I had some good times. Even seeing all the directors when we were in Romania. Together, missing all that, with all the wives and all that stuff. That's what football's all about. And it's delighted that we, we, we brought that. As I say, one or two guys here have moved on, retired. Donnie, 
the director and all that stuff. So I've said friends. So he looked back in that. Yep. And he looked back and go like that. And you go, ah, oh, great. It's only now, though, you in hindsight, when you're looking back there, your emotions are in your oh, you're saying, now you go. Uh, even now, you see yourself could have could have done something different, better. I, I could have, I could have said, come on, chill, and let's get this sort of book on it. Everything is better for the club. But that's the way it goes. Indeed. Well, John, thanks again for your time. It's been uh, it's been great chatting to you and uh, reminiscing about a glorious you time in Cali Thistles. A you. you got a present. Aye. What's this? Ah, oh, sign, a signed Hibs ball. Just what I always wanted. Shows you how shows you how old that ball is. So that's uh, what that's, that's late nineties, is it? Yeah, the bikes is already there. Yeah, I've got another present. Where is it? <laughs> the Scottish Cup final winners medal, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. So last time, Ian, before I go, I know I've said it. I'll just say this again. Everybody connected in the nest, but especially all the players. Oh, what we up there? Time in my life, every one of them, man, was a real credit. And I bet it was a time in their life. But it was them that made it that the way they conducted themselves, their attitude, their spirit, and the way they wanted to play the game. Absolute joy. Brilliant, John. Thanks for your time. Stay safe. Right. Stay safe, yeah. All the best. Thank you for listening to Highland Football Weekly. Before you go, one small favour. If you wouldn't mind telling a friend about this podcast, a friend who would like football and, of course, football in the Highlands, if you're on social media, please like and share. And if you're on iTunes, please leave a comment as well. Just realise that's more than one small favour, but you get the gist. See you next week.